0: Welcome to the Veterinary Success Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Douglas. Today, I'm joined by Alex Cates of Vetcove. He's the co-founder and CEO. And for those that are not familiar with Vetcove, it's a procurement platform. So really just helping you be able to purchase the things that you need for your clinic and make that more affordable and in a better and more thought out design. And so with that, Alex, I'd love to dive in and chat a little bit about what you and the team are building.
1: Absolutely, Isaiah. Thanks so much for having me.
0: And I know this is the first podcast, so it makes it easier for me because I can kind of ask anything and it's not going to be a repeat, which is always great. I love that because when you have someone that's done a lot of podcasts, I always want to make it a unique version of that. So they're not telling the same story. So this is exciting. Absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about just the origin story for those that maybe aren't familiar with Vet Cove and the why behind it was started? I do like the tagline that I saw somewhere and I can't recall where, but it was like the practice manager's best friend. I love that. That's really good. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So look, I founded Vet Cove with my younger brother, Mitch. We actually grew up in the equine side of the business. So our dad has a five-doctor ambulatory equine practice in New Jersey, mostly focused on harness racehorses. And so we used to ride around with our dad and his vets, holding twitches, scrubbing hawks, just being a part of that world. But what we always found in working with our dad's staff is that the acquisition of supplies was always this incredibly challenging process. So our dad's office manager, Kimmy, used to open up six, seven tabs in her web browser, and she used to search for products to see who actually carries this product, who has it in stock right now, who has a fair price on it. Uh, And I'll admit my dad is fairly frugal, always wanted to make sure that he wasn't overpaying for the stuff that they were buying. And so it was this very cumbersome process for Kimmy. And so she used to order from not just her distributors, but also from certain manufacturers, direct laboratories, compounding pharmacies. She used to order from even office suppliers. So all of these different vendors had to be ordered from separately. And Mitch and I, kind of growing up more in the digital age, we found that in our lives in our personal lives, especially in industries like travel, We had Trivago, we had Kayak, we had Amazon, all these unifying platforms where you're going to one central place searching and seeing all of your options. And so we said, why is it that at our practice, we're stuck going to all of these vendors separately? It didn't really make sense, made Kimmy's job really difficult. So we launched the first version of it back in the summer of 2015. And we had the first couple of users using it. It was really ugly and messy when we first started. We actually didn't know if this was going to be useful to anyone beyond Kimmy. And it turned out that among those first 30 or so practices, we had some folks that really appreciated what we had done. Actually, one of our first 30 users was a mobile vet as two young kids. And she wrote to us about a bug report, actually, because there were a ton of bugs at the time. We built this very crude system. But she said, guys, I just want to thank you for doing this. I get to spend an extra two hours a week with my kids every week because of this tool that you built. And I'll be able to start a college fund with the money that I'm saving. So it was at that moment, we only had about 30 different practices, even using the beta version of this tool, that we realized that we had done something important and that it was our mission to actually spread this to the rest of the veterinary community.
0: Yeah, I love that. And when you get that positive feedback that someone really values all the hard work that you put into something, it's like, okay, now we got to double down. Let's triple, like, let's make this happen and continue to build it out. No desires from you and Mitch to follow in the footsteps to be an equine vet. Never had that itch or that thought. You know, my
1: dad's broken his nose nine times been kicked in the ribs. It's a very tough business. And honestly, we just didn't know if we were cut out for it. We love doing it. We love being around it it's very satisfying. But at the same time, we know how difficult that can be, especially for those equine practitioners
0: out there. 100%. Yeah, it's definitely a challenging gig. And it's a lot of hours. And yeah, there's a lot of challenges, but a lot of benefits to as well. You can certainly help a lot more people this way, as far as within veterinary medicine, than open (laughs) up an equine practice. So I think there was an interesting study that was shared with me prior to to our call with the study that was done around kind of savings potential and insights. Can you share a little bit about that and what it looked like in just thinking through, you saw it with Kimmy as far as some of the savings ability, but what's that look like for others? So for companion health, for like you talk about mobile, like others, is there any research you can point to that shows kind of the impact that Cove's had?
1: Yeah. So when Brachy did this study in conjunction with AVMA, so it's worth noting that last year VetCove Cove became the official purchasing platform of AVMA. We launched a version of VetCove called Direct Connect, which has some specific features just for AVMA members. And so as a part of this whole analysis and partnership, Bracky did a survey of several hundred veterinary practices that are using VetCove. What they found is that it's saving on average approximately $20,000 a year per practice. Now, it's worth noting that the average practice that was surveyed is slightly larger than the average practice out there, but we still thought that was incredibly interesting data. We also found that they're saving approximately six hours a week on average on their purchasing, not having to go to all these vendors separately to order, to see all of the past orders and track their orders and to handle everything related to inventory, which we're certainly proud of. Any impact that we can have on independently on practices for us is a huge positive.
0: And I would say, even if it was the exact same cost they were spending, the hours saved and the dollar amount on that and like the return you get, just like you talked about the person that was able to save and... Spend more time with family, that's huge. So, when you tack on the hourly savings, if you start calculating what is your time worth on top of that, that's really cool. And you mentioned a little bit as far as like the data that users get back. Can you talk about what they see as as far as going through the VetCove platform and what information they can see from different vendors and invoices and like what does that all look like?
1: Absolutely. So, VetCove is essentially a platform that brings all of these different vendors into one website. So, they don't have to go to all these different places. And so, What that includes is firstly, if there's a certain product that's sold by many different distributors, let's say, and a practice has accounts with, let's say, five distributors, instead of going to five websites, they can see there's one product, these five distributors sell it, and these are the specific prices to our practice. So one thing that isn't quite known as much as we would like in the industry is that practices are charged very different prices for the same products from the same vendors. There's a tiering system that animal health vendors use. And so, what that means is, when I log into a vendor site to look at a product as one practice, it might be different than what another practice sees. And so, what Vetcove does is pulls in each practice's own pricing based on whatever we've negotiated with our vendors. And that includes if we're a part of a corporate group, we'll show our corporate negotiated price. If we're a part of a buying group, it'll show that buying group's negotiated price that they've negotiated for us. So, it's always specific to our practice. The same goes for stock status. So what that means is if we can see that something is in stock locally, and I'm going to get it next day like I typically do, or maybe it's not available at my preferred distributor's local warehouse, and maybe it's going to take three or four days to get to me, I might want to order from somewhere else to make sure I have it in time. So all of that is available. We also show every promotion from every vendor on every product. We also have cash back deals on our platform. So we work with a lot of the large manufacturers like Zoetis and bowring Ringelheim and others to essentially provide these cashback offers. It's kind of like Ebates, if anyone's ever heard of that, which our practices appreciate quite a lot. It's another way that allows us to give back to our practices, which we're really thrilled about.
0: Is there any more that you want to go into on kind of like the Ebates or the rewards? That was one of the questions I wanted to dive into, but since you brought it up, can you talk a little bit about how that works and the structure behind that? Yeah, so
1: a lot of manufacturers, they have their own kind of corporate needs where they have certain products that are overstocked or they need to meet their own numbers. And so they use Vetcove as a way to just raise awareness and increase their sales. But on the flip side, what we love is from the veterinary practice perspective is that this is extra cash back that they're getting above and beyond what they would get if they went to these vendors to buy directly. So because it's always additive, it's always a positive. And that's what we're most proud of, of anything. So it's been uh, really fun to do that. And we're seeing that our manufacturing partners that side of the world are investing 10 times as much this year as they did last year, which is pretty cool. Just means that our community gets more cash back and that cash back can be redeemed for a paper check, but it can also be redeemed for gift cards. So what we find is like tons of gift cards are redeemed during Vet tech week uh, around the holidays like we have coming up. It's a great way to show appreciation to your staff by giving them gift cards for Amazon or Starbucks or you know the 20 or so other different stores that we support.
0: Yeah, I love that. And that was a really cool thing to see when I was able to get a quick run through. I love that idea and wanted to make sure we bring it up. So if I'm a practice manager, I'm a veterinarian, I've had that relationship with XYZ rep or vendor, and I'm concerned about damaging that relationship. Can you talk about how? That still works, and how maybe it doesn't affect it or does affect those relationships that are already there.
1: That's a wonderful question. It's one we get all the time, and causes a lot of confusion. So I can tell you from our own practice at Colts Neck Equine, my dad's practice, that we've had amazing reps over the years that are worth their weight in gold. I mean, they've done amazing things, and so it was pretty important to us when we first started Vet Cove, and it promised through today to continue is that no matter what kind of relationship we have with their parent company or the manufacturers that sell the products, any salesperson involved always gets their full credit no matter what. So what that means is no matter whether you use Vetcove or you go to a vendor's website directly or you call in and order, the way that the finances work on the back end for them stay exactly the same. And so that enables us to make sure that those relationships can stay strong, that those sales folks that you work with on a day-to-day basis that really are going out of their way for you still get taken care of the same way. It's also worth noting that there are a good number of products that are going to be the same price across distributors. And so people make the choice of where they get that product from based on those relationships. And so it's important that we support those as best we can.
0: And so when you think about Integrations and I think technology you talked about a little bit at the beginning as far as like Expedia or an Amazon and everyone's just so used to be able to find things and everything kind of integrates and it works well together. Can you talk a little bit about how Vetcove and the data that someone receives, what that looks like and then the integrations maybe with their practice management software and what that looks like? Absolutely. Yeah, I think we all can agree that if we can
1: make our lives easier out of that practice, that's a good thing. We all know how incredibly chaotic it is day to day and we have people and pets and Things flying everywhere. If we have an opportunity to make life easier by having one fewer thing to think about, that's a real positive for the person doing the purchasing and for the practice. So, when we have all of this centrally, right, it's yes, it's your products, this unified catalog, your pricing, your local stock, but it also includes all of the past orders that we've placed. And so, if we want to know when did we last order this product, who did we order it from, Vetcove actually aggregates all of that past purchase history. And we actually show it in a couple of different ways, one of which is visual. So we call it analytics, but really it's graphs that allows you to see all of the different purchases you've made by category, by manufacturer, by distributor, just to help understand how your practice's purchasing behavior has changed over time. It also includes the actual orders themselves and tracking. So if we wanted to be able to track a package, we actually show on a map where all the packages are and what's going to be received by the practice today which a lot of folks really appreciate just because we know how many boxes come and it's good to know when things are coming and where they are. But yeah, that's been something
0: that's been valuable to a lot of folks. Absolutely. You think about a picture's worth a thousand words, I would be the same way as far as having the information easily to see. And if you have a dashboard, you want to see quick, who am I buying from? What have I been buying? And then you can kind of see the prices paid and kind of compare that historically to where things are at today. And I think that's extremely powerful. Can you talk a little bit about maybe the integrations of who you integrate with, maybe who you don't. And if you don't want to name names or go into that route, I totally understand it. But do you integrate with most companies at this point?
1: Yeah, we do. So on the vendor side, really universal support across the different categories. When it comes with kind of going down into the practice management systems, we actually have a new, what's called an API, which a lot of the cloud providers at first are adopting, which enables us to have an integration with those practice management systems so that when items come in and are received into Vetcove, We can increment those quantities in the PIMs. We can update pricing so that the pricing in the PIMs is always accurate. We can also set up mins and maxes as a part of that integration so that when inventory gets down to below a minimum level, we can start to generate those orders and pre-fill them to just save the purchaser some time. So that's been adopted by a number of the cloud PIMs already. We think just about all of the cloud practice management system providers will be on board by the end of this year. And we're also beginning to work with the server-based ones as well. So we hope to have universal support in that regard pretty soon.
0: That's fantastic. And I think that's always the challenge with adopting new technologies. You need it to speak together. You need it to work together and not be competing because then the time savings on one might be foregone on the next one when you have to re-enter information or be heirs. Yes. One thing that I felt was really cool is just the community aspect of what you've built out. And can you talk a little bit about the story of why? you wanted to have the community element and some of the influences maybe that were out there from starting the company and then what you've seen and maybe anything you have pulled out of those community interactions?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So our inspiration is kind of two things. One of those is that we've been involved in some of the Facebook communities and other veterinary communities out there that are not anonymous. We felt that a lot of folks haven't felt very comfortable being able to have very open conversations. And so the Vetco boards are actually one of the only, if not the only, anonymous discussion boards in the industry. And so that gives our practitioners the ability to be on there, say whatever they want, whenever they want, without fear of any sort of retribution or someone else at their practice, knowing it was them, which I think is a really positive thing. So we felt that was important that people can be open and honest. We also drew some inspiration from a friend of ours, Alexis Ohanian, who actually is the co-founder of Reddit was one of the early backers of Vetcove Is someone that's been a mentor to us for a long time. And so his influence in what he's done with Reddit and building community really inspired us to begin building community within Vetcove as well among the veterinary world. It's been a lot of fun to see how busy those boards have become and how our users are helping each other day to day.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. And I love the Reddit connection. So I remember when I got that shared, I was like, ooh, I want to talk about that because that is really unique. When you think about veterinary medicine and not really embracing technology and change. And then seeing Vet Cove and what you guys have built and trying to take some of the things that have been working really well in other places and bring that into veterinary medicine. And I mean, the reaction has been great from everything that I've seen in the conversations I've had. Again, it's really cool to see how technology can make this industry even better. And it gets me excited when you look out 10, 15, 20 years, it's going to continue to do that as well. So wanted to, I guess, Anything from the community element and the engagement that has surprised you or something that maybe wasn't expected?
1: I'm not sure. I think people are surprisingly civil. And I think there's this genuine desire to help one another. I think one thing we did question, though, on that earlier point is that when you have an anonymous community, are there going to be people that are too honest? And we have not found that to be true. I think people appreciate that they're not necessarily always going to be identified. But at the same time, they're really willing to be out there and help. And we have a whole karma system where people can get upvoted and earn that karma. And we have some very active community members that do their best to be at the top of the leaderboards in that sense. I wouldn't say that's the core focus of anything, but it's been fun to watch.
0: Yeah, when you have anonymous Twitter accounts, they can get kind of nasty. And I probably spend too much time on Twitter. So I can definitely appreciate the concern there. But that's awesome to see how people can come together and say, hey, I have the anonymity but I still want to do right by others and support what's going on here. So if I'm sitting here and I wasn't familiar with Vetcove and obviously to me as someone that's a non-DVM, non-practice owner, there's a lot of benefits. Is there certain clinics or certain aspects of the veterinary community? So we talked about equine, I'm sure within companion health, like are there areas that maybe it doesn't make sense if I'm a clinic owner. And then ultimately Vetcove and you and everyone on the team doesn't work for free. So how do you have that built into all of this? Is there a catch somewhere? Like, how does it work?
1: Yeah, these are both great questions. So I'll start with Is there any downside? And the answer is really no. So when we started VetCove, we built it for our dad's independently owned practice. And our impression is once we saw folks using it and the positive impact it was having, that everyone could use it. We also made the promise to ourselves, to our dad, and to the veterinary community that we'd keep it free forever. We believe that veterinary practices, and this is more true today than it was even when VetCove started in 2015 that they're under all kinds of pressures, financial pressures, competitive pressures, pressures from online pharmacies like Chewy. And so from our perspective, it was incredibly important to never charge practices to have access to this tool. So there is absolutely no downside. Any practice of any size, any species focus, any geography, it doesn't matter. We support a large number of single doctor practices where the veterinarian is doing the ordering and they're the ones we engage with. Every day from a support perspective to big emergency and specialty facilities to nonprofits like state and city SPCAs, shelter systems, local governments, zoo's, aquariums. Really, any veterinary organization that has veterinarians on staff can and should be using Vet Cove, and there's really no downside to it. So, that's the first piece. But to answer your second question, Isaiah, about how Vet Cove earns money, it is true that we have to keep the lights on somehow. So, the way we do that is two different groups actually fund the Vetco platform for all of the independently owned practices using it. The first is actually the corporate owned hospital groups. So all of these consolidators actually pay Vetcove a monthly fee in order to use what we call an enterprise version of our platform. So it's the same Vetco platform, but it enables these groups and their corporate umbrella to have central control, customizations, oversight, all kinds of things that are important to them, but don't really apply to a single independently owned practice. So that's where a chunk of the revenue comes from. The other side is actually the vendor side, primarily veterinary manufacturers. So these manufacturers pay Vetcove monthly fees to be supported on the Vetcove platform. This enables them to sell their products to veterinary practices, enables them to support all of their loyalty programs. So any type of program, whether that's a year-long program or a short-term one, we provide live tracking and communication of those programs on the platform for them. Uh, It enables them to offer these cashback deals on our platform to our vet practices. And it also enables them a whole bunch of other smaller little types of tools that we provide them in order to help them meet their goals. So it's kind of a combination of all of those things. But those two groups, the manufacturers and the corporate hospital groups fund everything for everyone else. And so far, so good. When we started Vetco of Money was not The first thing we were thinking about, we said, how do we solve this problem? And first, when you create something like we did, my brother, Mitch, is really the mastermind behind all this. He did his undergrad and master's work in computer science at MIT. So he always has the hardest job. I have the easy one. But for him, when we created this, it was how do we solve this problem? How do we make the time to order? And how do we make better decisions? How do we make these things easier? But then you have people actually using the platform. And the feedback that they're telling us, how it's impacting their lives, how it's making their jobs easier. And from our perspective, that's much more important, right? So to us, the problems we solve are second, the impact that we're having on the veterinary community and the positivity that we hear from them, how we've made their lives easier, how we've made their practices better. That's what matters the most. Look, I'm not saying keeping the lights on isn't important. And we're very grateful the manufacturers and corporate consolidators that financially support us. But from our perspective, we still have this immense focus on the independently owned practice. And we're especially proud of that. And part of the reason we partnered with AVMA was to do our best together for independent practices that are facing more and more challenges with each passing year.
0: So Alex, real quick, talking about and going through just kind of the way that the pricing model works and the way that you all keep the lights on, right? Like it's kind of the term we've used. How does the data sharing, do you sell data? Is people's data protected? How is that shared? How have you kind of navigated that? Because I know, especially in a world of 2020 and beyond, everyone's becoming more aware of data sharing. And I think that's super important to understand.
1: Yeah, so this is an incredibly important topic to us. So when VetCo first started, we created a code of ethics, which is essentially a list of things that we've promised to keep private and keep to, no matter how big VetCo gets, how popular it gets. I was actually inspired by Paul Pion's Ten Commandments of event. We really love the idea and love sticking to this moral code. We decided to implement one for ourselves back in 2015. But one of those is that a practice's data is owned by the practice. It doesn't belong to us. And that means it's kept absolutely private. So anything that identifies a practice, what a practice buys, any of their communications or actions on our platform, that never gets shared with any third party for any reason. And so, of course, in 2020, there are all kinds of of folks in industry that would love to have access to a lot of the data that Vetcove has, and we do not give it to them. And they understand at this point that that's not something we're ever willing to do. That data belongs to the practice and not to anyone else. And it's not something we're ever going to monetize here at Vetcove. We found other ways to keep the lights on, which we're very proud of. And what's important to note around data and data privacy where things are particularly challenging today is yes, data is getting out there. There are all kinds of companies that extract data from practice management systems. There are companies that utilize that data for all kinds of commercial purposes. But as our practices begin to compete more and more with consumer companies like Chewy, it's incredibly important that that data we have stays private, because it could very easily be misused. By a non veterinary company to target our pet owners with products, even with services, and cut us, the veterinary community, out of it. So it's, it's something we're particularly passionate about. I'm happy to schedule a, a whole session just around this because I could stand on this soapbox for a very long time, Isaiah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. And I think someone that's as transparent about how that operates as you are, I mean, that speaks volumes. And again, the feedback and everything that I've heard has been super positive and Again, I'm a big fan. And I think, like you said, there's no downside to embracing it. And I know you guys are in all 50 states, right? You have hospitals that you work with in all 50 states. Is that correct?
1: 50. So today, we have a little over 10,000 total veterinary locations. And I say locations as summer practices, but also includes nonprofits and and other works. But it's uh, about 10,200 that are actively using Vetcove to do all their shopping today.
0: Yeah, that's a tremendous amount of growth in five years. And again, if you build something that solves an issue, like you said, you will see growth and having that feedback from the community is fantastic. As we think about kind of winding down, one question I'd like to ask, and you can take this any way that you want to take it, which is, do you have a soapbox topic that you wish more veterinary professionals knew? It doesn't have to be about Vet Cove, can be about anything that you want. Just want to hear your thoughts.
1: Yeah, I have a whole host of unpopular opinions that I'd be happy to share as far as a single topic, I think one thing
0: that we, we can would, do multiple, we can do multiple. <laughs> well,
1: well, one thing that I, I began to mention earlier, around how sort of the industry works, is that we want veterinary practices to understand that there is opportunity for them to do better when it comes to inventory. I think historically, there's been this kind of feeling in the industry, and I think it's been perpetuated by industry for their benefit, is that Whatever prices you get, everyone pays the same thing. There really isn't a whole lot you can do to optimize your purchasing and procurement processes. That's really not true. We see a lot of practices that are smaller but savvier that are able to keep their cost of goods, often called cogs, much lower than larger practices. It's not just about how they think about usage, it's also how they think about buying and negotiating and their relationships. So for me, if there was one thing I could change around the industry's perception, it would be that there is an immense opportunity to reduce the amount of money spent on product then without any negative impact to the practice. And that has a very multiplicative effect, we'll say, on a practice's value and how much profit is taken home at the end of the year. So if you think about COGS typically represents anywhere between 15 and sometimes up to 30 or more than 30% of all revenue. So it ends up being a big chunk of the cost after the cost of our people, our veterinarians and staff, it's the next largest cost at the practice. And so if we think about that, if we're able to reduce our cost of goods sold from 30% down to 15%, we can essentially double our take home profit at the end of the year. And you think about what that practice might be worth as a business that has an equivalent effect of essentially doubling the value. So this stuff matters. It's important. And we think that there are a lot of practice owners that really get this and understand it. And once they're on the VetCove platform, they understand it better. But there are a lot of folks out there that say, you know, I I have a lot of other things to worry about. I'm doing just fine here. And while it is, of course, incredibly important to engage pet owners and keep them coming back and keep them happy and focus on driving more revenue opportunities at the practice, sometimes there's what we would call low-hanging fruit to be able to reduce costs on the inventory side and have a really majorly positive impact on the practice. I wish more folks had more education out there to do that, to learn about that. What I would say is when we go to conferences, we see that there are so much interest in all the clinical topics. And we know folks become veterinarians and get into the veterinary field because they love the clinical side of it. And we get that. But when we see those talks, talks that I've done, talks that others have done, they're definitely not as well attended when it comes to financial topics, practice management topics. These are things that have an incredible impact on the business and on the success of a practice. And yet it tends to be the things people don't want to talk about. So that's my impression, but I'll step off my soapbox now, Isaiah, for a second.
0: No, that's perfect. That's exactly why I asked the question is because I can't always extract those kind of answers with other questions. But if you kind of open the door and let someone come in and talk about that, I think it's super important what you talked about as far as inventory costs and profitability. I know Vet partners put out their no low practice report. It's been a couple of years now, but it said for every dollar lost in revenue was three to four on the practice sale value. And so when you start thinking about that over time, like that's a lot of money, that's a huge difference. in. Retirement. There's a huge difference in paying your staff. I think so many people talk about, well, vet techs aren't paid enough. Vet techs aren't paid enough. Well, shoot, if you can lower your costs, you can pay your people more. Like you don't have to take it home if you don't think that you need more money or want more money or have that obligation. But shoot, you can help the people that have helped make you successful and increase their amount of take home. So I'm with you. I mean, that's a soapbox that I would be right up there with you, waving the flag and saying the same stuff. So that's partially why I wanted to have this conversation and love this conversation because it is so interesting where I don't have the clinical knowledge. You probably have a lot more, but we don't have the same clinical knowledge that a DVM has, right? But we can talk about these other topics that are equally impactful and can really help them over time to where maybe they can focus on more of the clinical things that they love and uh, this other stuff can get taken care of for them. So thank you for sharing. I think it's super important.
1: Absolutely. That's the goal, right? Is allowing our vet staff to get back to focusing on what's important and inventory is important, but if we can spend less time and do better, I think we would all agree that a practice is going to be much better off and and
0: we're proud to be supporting that. Absolutely. So last question, people that want to connect with you, the team, learn more about Vetcove, maybe see a demo of the platform or any of that stuff. Like how do they go about that? Where would you send them? Where would you direct them? So for me personally,
1: I can always be reached at Alex, A-L-E-X at vetcove.com. I don't know, Isaiah, is that a bad idea for me to be sharing that? But I'm happy to have anybody email me. We'll, we'll
0: leave it in and we'll see. You can tell me uh, later on. <laughs> no
1: problem. But our website is just vetcove.com, V-E-T-C-O-V-E.com. You can go there, you can sign up and create a free account, learn about it. We have a 24-7 live chat. You could also call us anytime. We have an amazing customer experience team that just absolutely loves working with our users and prospective users if you're new to it. So definitely don't hesitate to get in contact with us. We want to help.
0: Thank you. Thank you for the time. Love what you're doing. It'll be exciting to see kind of the more adoption. You're getting close though. I mean, a 10,000 locate, like you're going to get the vast majority of the veterinary clinics out there working with you all. And that's super exciting to be able to solve that issue. And thank you so much for spending the time today to come on and chat.
1: Thank you, Isaiah. I really appreciate it. Take care.
0: Thanks for listening to today's show. The comments made on today's show should not be taken as investment, tax, or legal advice. All comments are for educational purposes only. You should consult your team before implementing anything. Isaiah Douglas is a partner of Vincere Wealth Management. Isaiah is registered in the state of Indiana, California, Texas. The biggest compliment you can give to this podcast is to share it with a friend. Reviews help the show get found, and Apple Podcasts is the platform that predominantly is how people listen to the show. If you have three to five minutes, you like the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts, give us an honest rating and review that'll help more people find the show. For all of today's links and information, head over to theveterinariansuccesspodcast.com. There you can subscribe via your favorite podcast platform so you won't miss another episode. Finally, if you'd like more information, insights, and have the ability for your voice to be heard and interact with show guests, join the private Facebook group. You can go to the Veterinary Success Podcast on Facebook or head over to the veterinarysuccesspodcast.com Scroll all the way to the bottom where it says about your host and then click on the Facebook icon. That'll bring you into the Facebook group. I'll approve you, you'll be in, and then I'd love to hear your questions, feedback, and anything that you'd like to see added to the show. So with all that, thank you so much for listening. I'll be talking again to you soon.